All right, wanderers, intrepid heroes, travelers far and wide, we are three men in a basement. My name is Colin McLeod. Uh, Mark Kopp here. Timothy Magic here. Welcome to Earthrealm. <laughs> Hi, Tim. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Now, Colin, do tell me, how are you? I'm I'm splendid. So this is the kind of playful banter that, that you can come to enjoy here with uh, three men in a basement. Um... We we're delightful, and I hope you enjoy us as much as we enjoy ourselves. Because um, it's sickening how much we enjoy ourselves. It really is. It's I'm awesome. sick with self love. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. I think very highly of ourselves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right on. So, um, as I've said, we're three men in a basement. Um, we like to review movies and um, a little bit of a, an elevator version about the podcast. We like to take films that people, maybe maybe these films have sort of flown under the radar. Um, they're the kind of films that border on whether or not you've heard of them and seen them. And uh, we like to review them and let you know whether or not, uh, from our perspective, you should see them too. Um, we are our three regular schmucks who are really uh, big fans of the movie industry and have a fair bit of experience um, in in the movie industry, in the film industry. I've seen yeah? a movie. You've seen a movie or two. I've seen Tim. two movies. Okay, so we're probably <laughs> going to remove Tim from the podcast. It was he's Star seen, Wars and Star Trek. He's seen just a, a few too Spock. many films. No, he knows he knows more than, no. than the rest of us. This is actually my second movie. I saw Equilibrium recently. You um, did. Yeah. Maybe you could catch that on the last podcast. Episode mm-hmm. one. Episode one not to uh in search of spock <laughs> if we if we keep this trend going it's going to be mark hasn't seen this movie colin tim are popping that cherry that's true um <laughs> mark gets his cherry popped episode two <laughs> episode two Almost is, uh, did we mention this is a family-friendly podcast mm. um no it's not it's don't not. don't let your kids I listen to no, this i hope not <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that being said tim uh you brought up mm-hmm. this is a film that mark has never seen before uh this movie is almost heroes um so for the listeners out there in tv land or radio land um i'm going to give you the sort of imdb version of this movie as I've said, this is Almost Heroes. Came out in 1998. Director uh, Christopher Guest. Um, I guess he didn't own the the house the party was at. Bad joke. Bad joke, Colin. Shame Boo. on you. <laughs> Boo. Uh, right. So this movie stars Christopher Farley, um, Matthew Perry. Yeah. Why did I go Christopher on you that? Know, I appreciate that I, you're he's been gone so off. long, and I miss him. Like Christopher, yeah. that's his Christopher that's Farley. That's what his mother calls him. Jacket says, "Yeah, Chris Farley." For those in the know, you know all you people out there who who know Chris Farley really well. Um, his friends called him Cree Cree. Yeah, <laughs> my friends call me Christopher. Matt Perry. I'm gonna go Matt on that because you know we're friends. Fuck, I'm so bad with these jokes tonight. No, keep them coming. Um, <laughs> Uh, a handful of other people you know, uh, uh, Eugene Levy Mm -hmm. makes a pretty fucking awesome appearance. (laughs) Um, yeah, a couple other people, again, I feel like I always say this, I've said this for two podcasts, uh, people you'd know by face, but maybe not by name. Um, this movie is a comedy. Um, 
it's sort of like an alternative history comedy. So IMDb has it as adventure comedy western. Um, and yeah, I think that that sort of characterizes it. To the criteria, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, so uh, before we get into spoiler territory, I just wanted to sort of feel everybody out and see what were your opinions about this movie and would you recommend it? All right, start with me. Uh, as one half of the Brothers Magic, Matt and I grew up with David Spade and Chris. You have to movies. explain that. Sorry. Nah, I I grew up with Almost Heroes. It was in our canon. Uh, it was there with Black Sheep and Tommy Boy and the other and Beverly Hills Ninjas. All the Chris Farley uh, movies were in our canon, so absolutely go back and watch this. If you're not a '90s baby, if you're not an '80s baby, if you're a '2000s baby, go back and watch this. It's gonna be a fun time, I think. So uh, automatically recommended. But that's just my bias. Right on. Uh, Mark, you've never seen this movie before. No, no, I haven't. Now, I will admit that I have been flipping through channels and have crossed a scene or two. Sure. Um, but no, this is the first time I've ever sat through and, and watched the whole thing to completion. I had a good time. <laughs> um, am I going to say that this is the movie that is going to change your life? No. Is it going to change your evening? Maybe. I uh, I had a good time, and um, I would say I had a good time. No alcohol required. But but the alcohol helped. It certainly did. It lubricated <laughs> the uh, the whole experience. Um, full disclosure, I drank, but um, I I didn't end the evening feeling like I had to. Uh, it was more of an option, you know? I don't like to be put in a box. I feel like that's actually, like, a, le- a really legitimate review. It's <laughs> like, know? I didn't need alcohol to enjoy right. this. <laughs> I don't think anybody got plastered tonight. No, 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 no. Drywalled, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to give this a nuanced... It's pretty good. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> TM. Uh, Build so... it on your Wix page. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this movie, okay, for our listeners out there, let me, like, preface this section of the podcast where we, like, give our opinions about whether or not you should see this movie with the, the information that all of these movies are coming out of my collection, so the majority of them I'm gonna have, like, pretty strong opinions about, and, the like, a lot of them you should probably see uh that being said no bias bias. um so like yeah you you got a little like a little selection bias from this particular reviewer but i've got two people keeping me in check and telling me when i'm i'm being maybe not so uh uh, accurate with how other people might perceive this movie um but i definitely i just i fucking love this movie it's so funny um it's i think the best part about this movie and this is kind of the whole reason behind this podcast is uh it's the kind of movie that like everybody loves chris farley and he's so funny and and matt perry's really great and i just feel like not a lot of people know of this movie and there they may know of it and they've just never seen it or they maybe haven't seen it in a while like if you're not watching this movie right now probably just like press pause and go and watch this movie it's really funny well don't and, like, pause the the podcast finish the podcast because we need we need well, the spoilers are up ahead <laughs> that's well, true fuck it <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking pause it and go and watch watch that movie no it is it is really funny it's it's clever and it's uh um not one of sort of like the ones that farley is like it's not gonna be the first thing that tumbles out of somebody's mouth when they're talking about like farley's greatest works mm-hmm. but like he's just so damn funny that anything he touched was great and um matt perry was a beautiful compliment uh, to him, sort of in the vein of David Spade in in Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, I, I definitely like. I'm vibing what you were saying, Tim. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's it's reminiscent of that, but just stuck in sort of a historical context, like and totally. and with Matt Perry instead of David Spade. So and, and Matt Perry, I think, lends to that um, more prim proper. <laughs> colonial times than david spade ever could he definitely does yeah i think the casting director spot on with what they were uh shooting for yeah for this particular project all right so uh at this point as i've said uh spoilers up ahead if you don't want spoilers coming your way uh maybe press pause go watch the movie and then come back and press play at this particular moment. Well, it's from 98, though, so, <laughs> like, you're adventuring your own... Dis- adventure at your own discretion. <laughs> what uh, what Tim's trying to say here is if uh, if you are offended by any spoilers that you hear, just basically get over it. Get over it. Get move, over it, you Move on. <laughs> move on with your life. You know, what are you doing? Watching uh. The Bachelor. I mean, I don't know. Well, apparently, they're listening to this podcast, which, which I, I can't encourage. say is much better than The Bachelor. <laughs> no, I, no, it is. I encourage it. I feel like Matthew Perry. Uh, okay, let me let me go back a minute. You said David Spade. You know Matthew Perry is subbing in for David Spade in a, in a way. It's, those aren't much words. I feel Matt Perry. Matthew, can I call you Matthew? Uh, he carries the movie, in my opinion. I <laughs> love Chris Farley. Chris Farley is the glue for me in this movie. But Matt Perry is. I don't know. I was gonna he's use the, he's, like the, he's the wood. He's the straight man. He's the he's crackle. The wood to his pop. Man. He's the straight man to Chris Farley's fool. Matthew Perry he is the structure that. of this movie for me. You know, I like mm-hmm. I like that foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, his delivery of just fucking every one of his lines, his mm-hmm. like just indignation, his you know pompous like that for me was the movie, and Chris Farley was just the. Uh, I mean, he uh, he made it enjoyable. He made I don't know. I don't know if you're appreciating the nuance that I'm that I'm. No, I really here. do. Like no, so, so I, I never I didn't think about it. However, I think sort of like what you're driving at is like um, David Spade in a lot of Chris Farley David Spade films was sort of the yardstick by which Chris Farley shenanigans was held, mm-hmm. and and I think in this film. Like, Matt Perry delivered some goofy shit so well that, like, it was actually Farley in, like, a lot of the film (laughs) that was, like, the kind of reasonable one by which Matt Perry's, like, absurd shit was, was really being, like, measured against. And it really, like, it resonated in a really solid way because, I mean, while I would say they went back and forth on that particular point, um... It, it definitely, I think, Mark, you're saying it tipped slightly in favor of, of Perry in this? Yeah, that, that is definitely what I'm saying. I, I took extensive notes for this movie, and uh, one of the big things that, that, that came out to me, and I'm going to, you know what, guys, I'm going to break the fourth wall here. I'm going to read you my note. Special treat. My note. This is what I wrote. 
notes. I'm sorry. I'm trying to carry the illusion that I took a lot of notes for this movie. Spoiler alert, didn't. What I'm trying to say, Matthew Perry's ultimate ham performance. Okay, that's all I wrote, guys. <laughs> but that is what this movie is. Every scene that he's in, he's hamming it up. He's just... It, it's, it's just oozing with nonsense, and I love it. It took me a while to realize, um, after multiple viewings uh, over the years, uh, Matthew Perry and and Chris Farley, it's the modern-day Abbott and Costello um, situation. The goof and the straight man getting across to the Pacific. That's the premise of this movie. Abbott and Costello would do the same thing in, the, in their timeline, if they could. It's just a bigger, grander scale. Okay, press and pause. Paused. Uh, it didn't pause. It did not pause. I'm, all right, we're recording still. Um, okay, we're <laughs> gonna we we're probably gonna have to edit right, this. Guys, we paused it for a second so that we could discuss um, the uh, the ramifications of whether or not we read the IMDb um, synopsis. Why are you breaking the fourth wall? Man? I'm not trying to break the fourth wall. The wharf wall. The wharf wall. Worth, the wharf broke wall. me. Oh, no. Wharf. What we're trying to, to, to suss out here is whether or not we should give the IMDb synopsis pre-review, post-review. We want to make sure post that we Malone. do it. Post Malone. Post Malone. I love Post Malone. kind of looks like Pavarotti if you find no, the right no. picture of both of them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, you know what, guys? I'm going to go ahead, and I hope that my, you know, trio de dangers here uh, don't have an issue with this, but I'm going to go ahead and give you the synopsis, if that's okay. Go for it. Okay. Is everyone ready? Here we go. This is a quote from IMDb now. Uh, A road comedy about two guys whose mission is to beat Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark? Lois. Lois? Is it pronounced Lois no, or No, because it's like the new adventures of Superman. I feel like we're not like filling our <laughs> listeners with like a vote of confidence on our fucking like yeah, but I feel our knowledge on this stuff. Lois that the tenor new of adventures of Superman. Chris Farley and Matthew Perry are gonna take out Dean Kane. <laughs> <laughs> fucking watch your back, Superman. <laughs> I'm gonna argue that the sorry, tenor I swear. Of this, this, this conversation fits the movie perfectly. And I I would agree. I'm all in it. Uh, okay, so. Kind of building on what you you said, Mark. Uh, this movie. So basically, what we're dealing with, we're gonna give our our fucking two cents on how this works. Uh, you've got Matt Perry and Chris Farley, who are basically like an idea man, played by Matt Perry, somebody who's like really refined and like is is you know all just just deep in the trappings of like quote modern society, circa like. You know the 1700s, um, and yes, uh, Farley that. is like a trapper slash outdoorsman, and they like band together with this like ragtag bunch of like nothings to basically strike out west and try and get to the Pacific before uh, uh, Lewis and Clark do, and basically each member of their crew is just fucking like funnier than the next, and it's like. Yeah, it, it Matt Perry is constantly obsessed with with this very like prim and proper uh, uh, version of things. Basically, he's lived in his entire life in in books and in schools. He's on a mission from Thomas Jefferson. True, 
Um, and Chris Farley is basically a drunk tracker. And then they have what? They have Eugene Levy, who plays a Frenchman, who like... A French trapper. A French trapper who claims that he knows a whole bunch of languages that he yeah, doesn't. Hundreds. Hundreds of languages. <laughs> uh, who He also owns this, like, incredibly gorgeous, like, native woman who Matt Perry immediately falls in love with. There's a guy... audience immediately falls in love with. It's, she is gorgeous. Yeah. Let's be fair here. She's the only female in the entire movie, really, outside of that gruff woman who just barks at Chris Farley in the there, first... There were the hay women. The hay women were there. The hay women. All right. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there is a scene with a brothel Oh, oh. entirely composed of hay women. They're literally... Bags of hay <laughs> with faces drawn on them. But let's move on. Okay, the, okay there were some pretty ones. Yeah. Let's be real. They were more symmetrical than the others. Yeah. <laughs> that's, sure. That's the way, I, that's the way I evaluated them. Uh, what? There's a fucking... There's, there's Bidwell, who always gets the worst of everything. <laughs> it, it, and it's amazing. Like, he gets a fucking ear bitten off. Guy's a lovable oaf that just keeps getting hit by a car. Not they, literally, but, you know, basically. Yeah, like the 1700s version of, like, getting hit by a car. Ear bitten off, leg bitten off. I think, uh, no, he didn't fall down on the mountain at the end. But no, he got shot he, twice, though. He got shot twice, though, yeah. He might have fallen off a mountain. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, who else we got? We've got, uh, there's an old guy who just wants to Jackson. see the Pacific. Jackson. He's not any help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, uh, I was impressed with how he both simultaneously made me believe that he had a huge nose, but also no nose. Yeah. I don't know if that's translating. It's like, no, it's like as you get older, like, your chin and your forehead get closer together, but, like, the other stuff just slowly disappears in between. Yeah, it made no that's, sense. That's kind of what you're getting at. I like it. Um, right, okay, so you're following us. This is sort of the general idea of the movie, and... Um, as you can imagine, hilarity ensues with all of these these cast of characters trying to get to the Pacific uh, before uh, Lois and Clark. Um, Lois. Lewis and Clark. Fuck you. Again, Mark. the new Avengers of Superman. You, you really did. Pacific. You really did. The two of you. What the fucking hell? With your, <laughs> oh, the two of you. I haven't said... L- it's Lancel and Clark. It's Lancelot and King Arthur. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, okay. So, back on track. Right. Uh... uh Anything else on our overview of the movie? How are people feeling about the movie? I feel like I have effectively communicated my... How you feel? How my feelings. (laughs) Tim? All in all, yes, growing up with this movie, it has a weird sort of nostalgia for me. So again, I I will have some bias. But again, check it out. It's it's a great under-the-radar Chris Farley, Matthew Perry... uh, picture i i agree with you tim i think that's a good way of putting it uh all right so acting uh mark you already talked about your your affinity for matt perry in this film oh yeah the way he delivered just you know righteous freaking you know indignation i loved no i i i love matthew perry in this movie i felt um uh, Chris Farley did a fantastic job playing a convincing Chris Farley. And, uh, you know, on, this this is not the kind of movie, and I'm speaking opinion here, this is not the kind of movie that you sit down and you, like, you know, 
evaluate one's performance. With with this particular movie, again, in my opinion, it's who just who has the most fun with it, and that's really the for me at least the the marker by which I'm going to judge these people for this movie. And Matthew Perry had fun with it. Chris Farley had his usual fun with it. Everybody else was their believable side character nonsense. And it all fit for me. So I'm going to agree with you that, like, I think I think Matt Perry really, like, stepped it up in this movie. And he cracked me up, like, severely. Chris Farley, uh, I, I again, I got to agree with you. Like, Chris Farley is always funny. And he did Chris Farley in this movie, and like, if that's what you like, which it's exactly what I like, you're gonna fucking love his performance in this movie. Um, the one I will go after on this, uh, in a good way, is Eugene Levy's character as Guy Fontenot, the Frenchman. Oh my god, he kills me. He's got this like really like just just aggressively stupid French accent and he he just he goes into these like tirades and 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 this like really like oh, what do I want to say kind of in your face performance and it's just uh okay, it's reminiscent of Father of the Bride Part 2. Eugene's Le- Eugene Levy's character in that, mm. um, where he plays like the Arab trader, um, and he's like way over the top, and um, oh, yeah. uh, he's like he's constantly like he's almost shouting like the whole movie, but he's not, and and he just he just kind of brings these characters to life. I think that's like, sort of his mm-hmm. thing. But it, it's no less special in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love his performance in this movie. And I feel like it's an element that you can really point to to say uh, that made the movie something something special. Absolutely. I agree with uh, my, my uh, co-counsel here. <laughs> uh, watching it again, after a few years of, uh, of hiatus, uh, I really appreciate it. Everybody's facial expressions like reacting to an eagle sway swiping in <laughs> oh watching watching a uh a frenchman or an indian woman bathe Ooh. <laughs> i really i really think the cast and the and the cinematographer took time to capture the eyes and the mouths and the facial expressions that needed to convey the scene at hand that i didn't appreciate in my younger years in the 90s and so i really I have to tip my hat to every every frame, <laughs> like because you could steal it, and it would be just hilarious seeing Chris Farley up at the Eagles' nest, like ah, it's like you know what? Fantastic. Can I can I play off that a little bit? Yes. Um, I would agree. I feel like this movie captures a lost art form mm-hmm. in just like expressional humor. Yeah, exactly. You know, like from the silent film era. Yeah, comedies mm-hmm. nowadays are I feel are unfortunately very. Like, it's funny because a child is cursing, or it's funny mm-hmm. because the teddy bear is getting a blowjob. You know, <laughs> something nonsense like that. Right. Sure, yeah, no, we're all right. laughing, we're all laughing. You're right, no, but you're the, right. But the point I'm trying to make you're here right, is that Mark, no. it, what makes this movie funny is you watching the characters react to the bullshit that the other characters are doing. The yeah. environment, to the environment you know, or to the uh, opposing 
um, yeah, running through a field of corn. And I think yeah, this is something yeah. that, like, you brought up, Tim, that, like, you know, with respect to, like, the directing and shit like that, is, like, I really think in this movie they said, keep doing it until I've got the fucking funny <laughs> shot of your face <laughs> reacting to, like, an eagle swooping down is gonna fucking, like, tear at your head, like, <laughs> for the third time, like, that takes dedication, and it takes like it takes a special eye on yes. uh, uh, the directing side to be like, okay, we've got this. Yeah, the best part of this it's... movie is that it knows how stupid it is, <laughs> right. and it and it just you know it's a history goof. It's a that. history goof. Yes, like Absolutely. yeah, sure. If you're gonna watch this with a really you know just rigid mindset, you're gonna come away thinking this is dumb. It's the dumbest yeah. thing. It ever. is dumb, but it's the, watching the characters or the actors acknowledge how dumb it is that's the humor yeah that is the humor of this movie is that it poking fun at itself i just need the shell oh 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 i just need the eagle shell oh mm. <laughs> Yeah, and I told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I got to I, I got to agree here that like if like you said if if you're not a fan of Farley's other work or you know a lot of the sort of like you know maybe mid '80s to like early 2000s um, silly comedies like raunch comedies, mm-hmm. maybe this isn't for you. But I feel like that type of movie serves such a wide palette that i think i think you'll enjoy this uh if you enjoy anything even remotely like that um score and soundtrack i mean i've got nothing other than like it was kind of clever in like their you know banjo-y like (laughs) you know uh uh 18th century fucking it it fit the time period you know it did its thing time period but colin you're not going to praise the bagpipe scenes? Okay. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, I play the bagpipes. And I got to admit, I do appreciate that they wrote bagpipes into this movie. Uh, <laughs> and it was like one of the running gags in this movie was one of the uh, one of the crew, uh, one of their crew, played the bagpipes and only knew one tune. Don't you know any goddamn tune? <laughs> so he keeps busting it out like over and over. Uh, it's, it is... Nope! pretty it is a pretty funny gag are you insinuating colin that there are different bagpipe tunes so basically besides uh, a haggis being deflated of air so basically the way it works with bagpipes Mm -hmm. is there's one very long tune Mm -hmm. right it's 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 like 46 minutes long yeah and we just play different (laughs) sections of that Oh, wow. You know what? Sometimes we'll jump around, and it'll seem like we're playing different songs, but it's mm. we're not actually. It's we've learned one song. Mm. The more you know. Yeah. If you could see us right now, there's a star above our head that just sort of like came up and hovered there. Um, I hope people are getting this this reference. Uh, there's just a deposit of haggis in my lap now. Right, okay, so we transitioned into um, the Scottish effect that this had on Tim. Yeah. Um, I, I, gotta, I gotta give this movie points for creativity, though. Like, it is not something that I feel like... I don't know, maybe I'm just so biased because films nowadays seem like it's always a remake of something, or it's a reboot, or it's a this, or it's a that. It's a sequel, it's a prequel... 
this movie genuinely was its own thing. And it was bold enough to take this this strategy of like, we're not only going to do our own thing, like we're going to make our own comedy that isn't based on anything, but we're going to make it a period comedy, which is... It's just tough. It is tough. Yeah. Like, it's tough enough to make a period piece when you, you, you have, like, a sort of, like, legitimate angle to, to approach people who are going to be funding this film and, like, mm-hmm. you know, gathering resources and, and shit like that. But, good God, like, saying, I, I basically need to collect props for a, a an 18th century, whatever, period piece yeah. comedy... Like it's it's gonna be like a shtick version of of Lewis and Clark. Like, mm-hmm. good God! Like, I can't imagine how difficult this this would have been to make, and I can't imagine how difficult it would be to make today, especially in the nineties. Yeah, late nineties, and it remind what you were saying reminds me of how they uh, the success of the Comedy Central show Another Period uh, is in that same vein, where they're just trying to hit the hit the right tones hit the right costumes hit the right atmosphere and just make it it's a high bar yeah yeah make it a appeal appealable applicable yeah sure um approachable empathetic to modern audiences (laughs) for our protagonists palatable palatable that's a great word fuck it i'm just gonna generalizable i'm gonna throw out every fucking word we have to sort of Let's get, out get the in the neighborhood. The source Rex about. out here. The source Rex. Woof. Woof. <laughs> That's what the yeah. sources say. Yeah. Um. All right. I is there anything we didn't like about this movie? What did I did not like. I guess a little bit of racial racial stereotypes. A little bit, but it's all you know. It's. Tongue in cheek. So again, in the comedy, you can like kind of like skate that. I feel like he was very aware of itself like, with that it's, shit. Like, it's really not. I mean, like, I also feel like you know, yeah, like kind of, kind of just like just stereotypical costumes. But again, not bad. Yeah, no, like, there's for the era, there's so. a scene where there. Full disclosure here: there is one African American actor in this whole movie, and he is playing a slave in this movie. And there is a scene where the characters are drawing lines in the sand of, you know, whose whose allegiances fall with whom. And the, the character, you know, says to Matthew Perry's, you know, well, I'm your slave, you know, as if. Who do you say, think I'm with? Yeah, of, of, of course I'm going to support you. That's the insinuation. And then all of a sudden he just says, yeah, I'm with Bob. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, it knows. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. It's very. It, I I still think it's pretty woke for the day. You know, for the day and age it was shot in. So. Yeah. 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 I feel like if you watch this movie and you get your knickers in a twist about that kind of shit, like mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're you're looking a little bit too hard. Yeah. Like, you're, you're digging for something. You, yeah. I don't know. I I found it funny. Like with um, the first Ghostbusters movie, <laughs> like you're digging for something. Yeah. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. There was nothing genuinely degrading about its portrayal of that subject, but you know, it, it was aware of it. I think it it pretty pretty handedly poked fun at just about everybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of like some version of this movie that I am not a huge fan of. It was uh, it was pretty solid. Like I feel like they did what they could with what they had. 
You know, I mean, there's some cheesy scenes where it's like, okay, you know, uh, uh, as far as visual effects are concerned, maybe like it wasn't top notch, but like because of the nature of the film, it didn't detract from like mm-hmm. how, if, I, if, if anything, it enhanced it. You know, there's a scene where Chris Farley's like fighting with an eagle and like the eagle takes right. off with him and it's like, okay. So physics this, doesn't exist now. Oh yeah, you this could never, yeah, no, what he's <laughs> but saying, it's fucking funny. There's a there's a scene where an eagle is carrying a I don't know three hundred plus pound man <laughs> off a cliff. You know, I I will say, you know, asked was there anything that we didn't like about this movie? You know, there's a lot about this movie that if it were in a different movie, I would take issue with. You know, there's a lot of like criticisms that you could make of this movie but i feel this specific movie is filling a niche where hey it's telling the audience hey we're dumb this is a dumb movie and you're gonna like it you know or if you don't like it don't watch this movie Mm -hmm. you know i feel like if you decide to just watch a dumb movie to just have a good time yeah you know there's nothing that pulls you out of that mode. You know, there's nothing that... This movie's not trying to be taken seriously. So any oh, no. kind of, like, serious criticisms you have of it are kind of lost in the mm-hmm. wash because it's just... It knows what it is. It's not trying to be something <coughs> that it's not. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's a 100% dumb movie because they do actually reference legitimate history and legitimate terms of the times and legitimate... Uh, maps of the era and paths no they they, they, they actually, really they really actually, actually do kind of actually yeah. really do it's uh, it is a little weird it's a little weird that how much the screenwriters went into this uh just to make matthew perry and chris farley look somewhat sensible in their uh voyage to or uh trek to the pacific you know i guess if there was a criticism i have i felt like um the portrayal of the the only female character was very one-dimensional. Like, mm. her whole purpose was to be an object. I don't feel like she really brought anything to it. I... No, I, that's fair. I, that's really my only criticism, I think. Yeah. You know, she didn't have any kind of character development. She didn't have any, like, one-liners. Mm-hmm. It was... She was a prop. She was, she was an object at the start, and then she was an object of desire, and then yeah, she was just there at the end. Yeah, again, we're looking for a stupid movie, so I'm not trying to to, to think too much on it, but she didn't add anything to it that any other random female actress could have been subbed in for. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I'll agree with you there. I, I, I do agree that she was one-dimensional. I don't think that was the actress's fault. I think that was no. the writing. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there were, like, sort of subtle hints that they sort of knew the character was like that, and they were kind of poking fun of it, you know, po- poking fun at, like, you know, this is sort of how mm-hmm. uh, uh, movies about this type of shit, you know, would have been shot 50, 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, sort of the helpless, you know, uh, uh, um, female character, like basically as you, as you put it, like, you know, as a, an object for like the comedy to happen to, um, 
I think they they were sort of aware of that, and they they poked fun at it a little bit in the in the movie. But I definitely agree. Like I think more could have been done with her character to sort of enhance um, enhance the comedy from like an actual again multi dimensional perspective. Um, they could have developed her character a little bit more, and they could have had her sort of delivering some of the shtick, as opposed to basically like I think I think in many regards she sort of acted. Um, as we discussed earlier, where Farley and Perry sort of took turns being the yardstick by which, like, stupid shit was held to to make it funny. She was the one character in the film that was sort of, like, aware of everything that was happening, and she was, like, you know, all of the silly bullshit, like, her face was sort of, like, letting you know that it was silly because she was like, What? You know what? I, I could agree with that because she, and like you said, I think she was the most aware. She, you could probably argue, was the most, um, in, by way of insinuation, the most intelligent character. Yo, you know, yeah. If there was anything that was happening, she knew the reason behind it, and you could tell by the way she delivered it. So, sure, yeah, she was both the you know most intelligent character but also the most helpless yeah mm-hmm. and as you put it one-dimensional like she didn't she didn't deliver any lines she didn't she didn't deliver any um uh, comedy she didn't she didn't advance the plot at all um she was you know in many regards sort of a prop which i think you know your uh your critique is, I think, valid in that in that perspective. Like mm-hmm. her character, while maybe necessary, like could have been enhanced a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got? So, um, any any anything else that you guys were not not crazy about in the movie? I thought the, the I thought the movie was pretty well rounded overall. Yeah, I think that that. And this is getting a little beyond this movie, but every movie has a purpose. And the purpose of this movie is to just turn your brain off and have a good time watching people being stupid. Yeah. And it fit that mold perfectly. It's a Farley film. Yeah, watch watch a, a, a silly historical a farce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how do we? how would we rate this film? Hmm. Almost heroes. I give it seven out of ten cracked eagle eggs. Oh, mm. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um. Oh man, how do you rate this movie? Uh, if we're talking just purely enjoyment, I'm gonna say a. A seven point three and a half um, Farleys. You know, okay. this is not the actor Farley. This is a different um, unit of measurement. Yeah, yeah. It's a Farley. Not a a a, a Farley four fifty one. Correct. Yeah. Not a Farley four fifty one. Yeah. It's a it's an Easter egg for our last podcast. Far, <laughs> Farley uh, Farleys to maps. That's pretty like that's a pretty even conversion, isn't it? Um, it's sort of. It's not quite Celsius Fahrenheit, but you know what? I yeah. Keep, continue. So I was going to give this 
7.1 out of 10 maps, but I'm thinking, I think I actually might give it a, like a 7.2, um, uh, canoes. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. And I think, yeah. I think the, now those are actually the, the the interesting thing about canoes is um, mm-hmm. they're actually worth more going upriver than downriver. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to specify which direction these canoes are traveling, but I'll give it a I'll give it a 7.2 canoes. And they float. Everything they... floats down here, Mark. Oh. In the basement, <laughs> three men's in the basement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very interested to see how that was picked up. Uh, any any closing thoughts on this movie before we we wrap things up? Yeah, see it if you haven't uh, completed your Chris Farley catalog. Definitely pick it up. He'll be there for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a dumb movie. Okay, <laughs> it is a dumb movie. Let me get that out. It's stupid, but <laughs> I had a good time watching it. Just go into it looking to just relax i said it was a good time no alcohol required but man just have a beer when you watch it it'll make it better beer never hurts yeah no it um i recommend it you know i I mean my my closing argument uh, if you're just looking to, to to tune out if you've had a stressful day if you've got a lot going on and you just you just want to chuckle at other people being dumb do it or listen to this podcast. Those are your two options. Watch listen this movie, to, listen to the podcast. We'll At both. the same time. Uh, I gotta agree with both of you. Um, I agree that if you haven't seen it at all, and you're not, you know, you're just in the mood, mood for a comedy, good movie to watch. Uh, Tim, uh, I appreciate you bringing up that this is the kind of movie that, like, if you're a Farley fan or even a Perry fan, which I think are, you know, they're fewer and farther between. Mm-hmm. Not in that he doesn't deserve it, but He's got less of the sort of like clout, clout, big box name type mm-hmm. stuff. Um, pick up this movie because it's something that may have may have missed you. I I I really dig this movie, and I hope you will too. Uh, that being said, we are three men in a basement until next week, and I'm Colin McLeod. I'm Timothy Magic. Uh, this is uh, Mark Culp here. And uh, we'll see you in cyberspace. Deuces. Peace.